Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 19th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 74, second paragraph, notwithstanding the great necessity, and we'll be reading through three paragraphs, ending with the spirit of the universe. Comments will be on all. And today's readers are Leslie W., the share ID for Monday, June 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 11,550. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it's 11,551. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Melissa C.K., the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Melissa C.K. I will now ask Laura A. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Laura A., a recovering compulsive overeater in New Hampshire. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, lend, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Lorraine. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 74. The second paragraph, notwithstanding the great necessity, reading through three paragraphs, ending with the spirit of the universe, comments will be on all. I will now ask Leslie W. to begin reading. Hey, Julie. Thank you so much. This is Leslie W., recovered compulsive vibrator in Tennessee. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be one is so situated that there is no suitable person available. If that is so, this step may be postponed. Only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through with it at the first opportunity. We say this because we are very anxious that we talk to the right person. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence that he fully understands and approve what we are driving at that he will not try to change our plan. But we must not use this as a mere excuse to postpone. When we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. We have a written inventory and we are prepared for a long talk. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we are engaged upon a life and death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They will be honored by our confidence. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. 
Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Okay. So I feel honored to read read these paragraphs here because I um I myself just completed another um fourth step. This was my third one a couple of months a couple of months ago. And um man, this time was different um for me and uh I felt like I I went a lot deeper and saw a lot of things that I didn't see before. Um more clarity really. <laughs> but while I was in the middle of it, I felt like I was—I felt like I was running through the forest, trying to outrun the boogeyman. Because <laughs> this stuff, man—I mean, you know—when you open that up, when you open up that wound, it—it—you it, know—it can be—it can be very scary. Um, but but what kept me going was the promise. These promises here. Right, because it tells us, you know, once we've written it, that I mean, I wanted to kidnap my sponsor the first time around because I just felt like so uncomfortable carrying all this stuff around me. I mean, I wanted to let it out, and you know, like it says, we pocket our pride and go to it. Right? Let's all right. Let's get let's get your let's get your big girl britches on. Let's get your you know let's go let's go let's do this. Like that's this go time. That's what the fifth step is to me is go time because because I don't want to hold on to this stuff any longer than I have to. And so I'm I'm going to find if it's not my sponsor, I'm going to find somebody quickly um, because I want these promises. I mean, I don't do this work just because I have nothing else to do. I mean, I, I look at these promises. We We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. I've never, ever been able to be alone at perfect peace and ease. I don't know about you, but that, to me, that promise is, is, is really what, what I'm looking for. You know, I, I don't want to live through my life. I don't want to go through life being afraid all the time. I want to feel the nearness of God. And, and for, for me, you know, this step, I remember when I did this step, this last time with my my sponsor, I mean, it just felt like I could just take a huge sigh of relief and breathe. And knowing that um, that I had really, it takes a lot of courage, you know, to do this step. And I had really swallowed a lot of and digested a lot of chunks of truth about myself. And the honesty, the courage, I mean, that it takes to do this, guys, we are walking miracles. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. And who would like to share on the three paragraphs that we read? Please say your name once so that I can hear you clearly. 
Kim who would G. like to share? Kim G. Larry K. Larry K. Kathy K. Kathy K. The three paragraphs that were read this morning, please. Page 72. I mean, page 74, starting with the second paragraph, notwithstanding the great necessity, through three paragraphs. And comments will be on all. Who would like to share? You can take a couple more names. Okay, well, we will go with Kim G., Larry K., and Kathy K. Go ahead, Kim. Leah S., I'm sorry. Okay, got you, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I'm stunned, stunned by the silence here. Um, so, so why are we feeling these fifth-step promises? You know, in the third step, we're acknowledging, we're admitting that we're, we're run by fear. We're run by, we're self-absorbed and we're blocked. So in step four, we're starting to acknowledge those blocks. Specifically, when we get into that fourth column of selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, and fear, when we start to see those patterns, it dissipates the power those first three columns had over us, those columns that have been dominating our life. So for me personally, we can look the world in the eye. What I really saw was I was someone that discovered as a child, if I can be what other people want me to be, then they won't leave me. So when I'm talking to you, all I'm doing is trying to remember who I'm supposed to be in front of you, what I told you last time, what I can say to impress you, and how I can, I can basically manipulate you so I can feel comfortable. So I could never look you in the eye with all those conversations going on. When I started to see through my fourth step that I could just be Kim and it would be okay, I could now pay attention to you and I could start to look, look you in the eye. You know, we feel we're on that broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe, and the broad highway is capitalized. For the first time in my life, I didn't feel separate. I felt a part of Overeaters Anonymous. I felt a part of my family. I felt a part of my friends. I felt a part of my work environment because I started to remove those blocks, not only between me and my higher power, but by, between me and everyone else. And I just want to share a new awareness I've had with this. These fifth-step promises, as powerful as they are when you go through your fourth step and you give your fifth step, I believe, and in my experiences, I get these promises every time I take a fifth step. You know, the first 17 years in LA, I probably took five fifth steps. And that was, you know, really basically listening to someone's diary with the formats that I did. I now average one to two fifth steps a month. Do you know what freedom that is? What Freeman is I get to witness someone else experiencing those promises, plus I get to promise, I get to feel them myself. You know, every time that I am honored with taking a fifth step, these promises deepen. I'm reminded what life is like when I'm being ruled by self. It reminds me of what I suffer from, and it makes me dig deeper into these steps and deeper into this relationship to my higher power and away from disease. So I not only want to encourage people, do these steps, Feel these fifth-step promises when you go through the steps. But if you don't go back and help other people have the same experience, you're going to go back to the food because by taking other people's fifth steps, you are redoing the steps and you're reminding yourself what happens when you lean away from a God-centered life to a self-centered life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Next, we'll have Larry K., then Kathy K., then Leah S. Go ahead, Larry. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for your service. The um, 
I'm going to focus on, uh, it says here, we read, we explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. So why, why do we have to do this? You know, because we're going to explain that. We best take a look at this because if we have a strong enough why to anything, we can bear with any how. I've heard that said. I need a strong enough why. Well, I'm engaged in the spiritual process of transformation, see, and, 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 and when completed, my understanding is that will bring me into alignment with the higher power of my own understanding. And here's the thing. They tell me that when this occurs, I'll never think or feel or act in quite the same manner as I did before. In fact, they say that I'll be inwardly restructured in such a way where, for one thing, the obsession to compulsively overeat will be eradicated. In other words, that obsession that enslaved me for my entire life, that enslaves me, will be destroyed. There will be a neutrality given to me as a gift from my higher power, and it's a neutrality that no longer fueled by my own willpower. And, and, and what that tells me is that it's not going to be maintained by my efforts to be more worthy or any other willful manipulation for myself. Rather, I will be changed internally, tethered to God, if you will, so that I'll intuitively know that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. That's the why of it. Now, from what the instructions in the big book tell me, the price I must pay is, uh, well, here's the price. It's destruction of the ego, which, which isn't as complicated as I, as I thought. Essentially, it just means that in all my actions, I'm going to take my hand off the wheel. And so here, here's what I give to my higher power. Oh, I don't know everything, <laughs> everything. And what if I trust and he's not there for me in the way that I, I need him to be? Uh, yeah, I'm going to trust anyway. And what if he is there, but not in the way that I had hoped? Same answer. I'm going to trust anyway. And when I trust, when I get to this precipice here, I get to the cliff, and I jump off, I have the courage to jump off the cliff towards a spiritual alignment, here's what happens. I'm given freedom. That's the why. I need to know the why. I better be able to explain the why to some extent, right? Because if I don't have a strong enough why, I'm not going to be able to bear with any how. And with that, um, I pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Larry. Kathy Kay, followed by Leah S. Thank you, Julie, for your service. This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. As I listen to people this morning talk about this reading, I'm remembering what I felt like when I finished my first fifth step. I felt a new level of self-acceptance that I had never experienced before. It was the loving witness of a fellow traveler that allowed me to just do the courageous fact-finding that is outlined in step four and who, by her own behavior, um, modeled for me not judging what I was discovering and uncovering, but rather just becoming more and more aware of who I am and the ways in which um, God might be helpful to me. And I did feel the promises of Step 5 that are outlined in the last paragraph we 
read. The, the amazing thing is that every time I've done several fifth steps and fourth steps since that first time, and every time uh, I complete the fifth step feeling more in alignment with my higher power and more accepting of who I am. Um, the same thing happens when I'm witnessing other people's fifth steps. It's really extraordinary how just being a witness can bring me closer to God as well. And then finally I'll say, for those of us who have worked through step 10, that we get to practice step 5 every time we do a daily inventory Um we get to share it with a fellow traveler, and that's another step five where we get to not be alone with our self-discovery, but rather with another recovered person who helps us connect with God through her presence. So I'm very, very grateful for this step, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay And Leah S., you're next. Thank you so much, Julie. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Leah S. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We pocket our pride and go to it. Why do they say pocket our pride? Because by now I have shed so many layers of what I had put on upon myself that that person that I wanted to personify that you should think who I am or what I am. Now I'm beginning to even get more authentic, more um, honest, and more vulnerable. And when illuminating um, every twist of character, which means, um, you know, these are really the things that I used to do. These are the uh, shady things. And why do I have to do this? Because... And and, and after I do this, I'm delighted because I feel like there's a stone within me that all of a sudden has been put down. I feel so so at ease, and I'm beginning to understand a little bit more of what it has been that has led me to the food, and that now... Everything that looked like a real huge mountain is not any mountain anymore. It's becoming smaller. These are questions. These are steps that I just have to answer really authentically to me and to this other person that is taking my fifth step. And the same thing with the, with the tenth step. This is like so amazing because that awareness, that Oh, wow, now I understand. It's the other person that is reacting. I no longer react. Today, I have my higher power with me, and I can find the answers or no answers to whatever it is that I'm going through, and I no longer have to resort to the food. And that's what it means. I I can step on board with all of you guys because... Um, now I feel a little bit more confident about it. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And for those who just got on the line, we read 
the second paragraph on page 74, notwithstanding the great necessity, through three paragraphs, ending with the spirit of the universe. Who would like to share? Star one to unmute. Katie G. from Boston. Katie Mary G. B. in California. Mary B. Najia S. I'm going to mess up your name, Najia. Sarah H. Sarah H. Lori W. W. Okay, that's a good lineup. So Katie G., Mary B., Najia S., Sarah H., and Lori W. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G., also recovered in Boston for today. Thank you, God. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that really strikes me is that this is a life and death errand, right? And so sometimes people call me and um, they're hemming and hawing about um, step five. And what I'm learning recently is if I'm hemming and hawing about any step, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at step one, right? That I'm powerless and I'm going to eat no matter what, no matter what I'm going to eat. So, again, my willingness to engage on this life and death illness is, is contingent on, you know, my acceptance of, like, I'm, I'm totally screwed if I don't continue forward. Um, so all these ideas, all my, all my egotism, all my narcissism, all my what are you going to think about me, all my fears, you know, i got to walk through them because I can't. I'm going to die if I don't do this. And I love what people are saying about, like, the integration of self, right? Like, why can I all of a sudden be alone and in perfect peace and ease? And, you know, I asked myself, I was thinking about it today, like, when am I not alone and in perfect peace and ease? When I'm cut off from God, like, right? So God is deep down inside of me. And when my buildup of my ego starts, it sounds like calamity. It sounds like resentment. It sounds like fear. It sounds like KDG is not getting what she wants. Somebody's not doing what I want. Somebody's not following my script. And so all of a sudden, I can't be with God. And I can't be alone in at perfect peace and ease. And if I'm with you, I can't look you in the eye because all of a sudden, all of my roles are up again. All of my identities are up again, right? And that, excuse me, that is the purpose of our later steps, which is to continue to continue to continue when I get blocked during the day, make sure like I'm doing that step 10 right away. I'm asking God to remove it and throwing myself harder into helping others. Um, so yeah, I mean, I too, you know, I, I, um, though when I finished my first fifth step, you know, the woman said, welcome home. Uh, welcome to, she was an alcoholic. She said, welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. Welcome home. And I also, I felt really empty. I felt totally empty because for the first time in my life, I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like there's no thoughts in my head. And of course that changed really fast. But, um, you know, it is such a privilege and it's such a privilege. Uh, I love what somebody else said. It's such a privilege to hear how others, you know, go through this um, in terms of their own fifth step, in terms of their own resentments and fear and sex conduct. And it's like, you know, you get that magic me too, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. You know, and, and, and ultimately, again, this is directly connected to whether or not I'm going to eat again. So to, to continue for me, continue to have a new experience, I'll just wrap up with this, to continue to have a new experience with the steps in step five, both me um, and accepting them from others is vital. It is going to save my life today. So I'm going to continue showing up and with that I pass.
Thank you, Katie T. And Mary B., followed by Nadia S. Go ahead, Mary. Thank you. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. I was brought up that you look good to the outside world no matter what. And so I learned uh, a skill. I learned to lie and hide. And I one uh, that I was very good at was hiding my my eating. And even overheard my ex-husband on the phone one day talking to a friend and saying, I don't know how Mary gets fat. She never eats anything. Hmm. Hiding my weight. And I, I think we all did that. How do you hide 80 pounds? I mean, it's a joke. But the way we dress, we thought we were hiding something. I thought I was hiding something. Hiding what was going on inside my home while I, we looked like the all-American family to the outside world. Hiding everything. Lying. I uh, came into the program and couldn't tell the truth about anything. These steps... Oh, when I was in therapy, one of the things we learned was uh, that our purpose was to become like cellophane, nothing hidden. And um, it was also said that um, we would get to a place where we wouldn't care if our life story was printed on the front page of the Los Angeles Times. Well, all of the inventories that I've taken over the years has been part of peeling a very tough onion. I was a really tough onion to peel. Started out, couldn't, could, had to hide everything about me. So my first inventory was all about them and what they did to me and why I was the way I was. It was all because of them. Well, in subsequent inventories, I became more and more honest and exposed more and more of Mary B. And what it means to me is after taking that third step, making the decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, saying, okay, God, here it is exposing this onion to the light. And to me, that's the light of my higher power. This is what I have. This is what I'm turning over. This is who I am. And today, if I picture, and I have a vivid imagination, I imagine my, yes, my life story on the front page of the Los Angeles Times. I can just see people reading and falling asleep with that paper in their lap. Boring. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share this morning, and I pass. Thank you, Mary B. And next is Najia S., followed by Sarah H. Good morning. I'm Najia S., a recovered compulsive overeater, and deeply grateful um, for your service. I'm deeply grateful that I have a program, a spiritual program, that calls me to die to myself 
and live in the light of God, the light of the Spirit. These steps call me to freedom. I get a chance to embrace freedom. This fifth step helped me to let go all the steps, but the fifth step especially helped me to let go of the mask that I used to wear, the shame that I used to feel and walk around with, self-hatred, guilt, self-criticism, anger at others so much. I got to tell the truth. I wrote the truth in the fourth step. I got to tell the truth. I looked someone in the eye for the first time and told the truth about myself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because I was tired. I was so tired when I came in, so very, very tired. So there was this movie called Waiting to Exhale, and I get to exhale today. I get to live free today, and I thank God for that. I didn't know that this is what I wanted, this exhale, this freedom, this peace, this ability to live with myself and look others in the eye. I didn't know that's what I wanted. I thought the car and the money and all those worldly things would give me what I have today. I could care less today. I want more of what this program calls me to do. This program calls me to die to self and live in the light of God. And there are so many things tied in with that. The light of God brings me peace, brings me the ability to be of service to others. Thank you, God. Um, And the last thing I want to say is when all the times I gave away my fifth step, I truly felt because of the response that I got from my sponsor that God was sitting there with her and letting me know that it's okay. It's okay because this person that my sponsor, she said, well, I've done that too. But along with that, there was this sense of compassion and a sense of understanding and acceptance and love. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nadia S. Next we have Sarah H. followed by Lori W. Hi there. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, Sarah H. in Illinois. Um, Just real quick, I guess, so for my fifth step, um, I didn't have all the fireworks going off as as I shared. And to be quite honest, my perfectionism was just, you know, got in the way a lot of it, but just, I just, I guess I want to share a word of encouragement to anyone who is going through with the steps um, and sharing it just to not give up because it does come. Um, I didn't have all the fireworks because it was going off at the end of it, though. There was just, I don't know, this peace that came about, um, you know, a moment with my sponsor of just that I was okay. Like, I was still okay. Um, And it's a very powerful thing to air your dirty laundry and to realize that you're still enough. Um, And I'm slowly starting to, you know, have that peeled back 
every day, you know, and just keep working the program. Um, so I just wanted to add, you know, that, that word of encouragement that it does come, and even if there's no fireworks going off, if it's not just a super powerful thing, like the promises will materialize. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Sarah H. and Lori W., you're next. Thank you. Good morning, my spiritual siblings. This is Lori W. in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the line that really um, speaks to me and um, was so wonderful in my own experience is um, we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And um, I've mentioned on the line before that I'm the daughter of a minister. Um, And I went to church every week and and abided by the rules to some degree. Um, I abided by the rules to some degree. Um, But um, I always felt like, um, have you ever going line dancing or when you learn to line dance, um, you're watching everybody else and they seem to have all the steps down and everybody is moving left and you're moving right and then everybody starts moving forward and you're moving backwards and you're just looking around trying to get in step with everyone. That's kind of how my spiritual experience was, even though um, I was in a ministerial home. I just never seemed to get in step. Everybody else seemed to have this God thing down. And I was like, what am I missing? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm moving to the left. Y'all are all going right. I'm missing something. I'm, I'm counting the steps. I'm trying to do what you guys are doing. And when I did the work and I let go of my pride and let go of my anger and my bitterness and resentment, and I told someone else about the stuff I had done, um, I began to feel the nearness of God. Um, and my beliefs that I had, that he was good, that he was great, that he was loving, he was kind, now began, like, it moved from my head, like I have that intellectual knowledge, and it moved to my heart, and it ended up um, just enveloping my entire being. And not only did it change um, my relationship with God, it changed my relationship with everyone. Um, I recently completed a fifth step. Um, and had to do some uh, work and repair work again with my parents. Um, And uh, it was just so effortless this time. And it was just so wonderful. When I talked to my sponsor about it, I felt at ease. I wasn't sure when I was going to. And then God said it's time, and I didn't tell my sponsor. And I just went over to my parents' home and visited with them. And I just say, y'all, I've been a mess. <laughs> I was a mess to raise. I've been a mess to deal with as an adult. I don't know how you've done it. And I made my amends, and I began to feel more of God's nearness in my life. Um, I My spiritual experience deepened, and I'm grateful for that. And it's not a scary right. endeavor. Thank you. You know what you've done. I know how I had been. I know what I had done. Telling somebody else was not a big deal about it, and it freed me. And so I encourage everyone that is at this point, go ahead and do it. The other side of through is so remarkable, you're not even going to believe it, and you certainly don't want to miss it. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Larry W. And who would like to share on the three paragraphs that we read on page 72? Debbie from Chicago. Okay, before Rachel, there was somebody, and I didn't quite understand. Debbie from Chicago. Debbie. More. Debbie, what's your last name? R. R. Debbie R. Debbie, Rachel. S. Jeanette C. Jeanette B. Jeanette S. Esther. It was Esther. Esther. Okay, that's enough for right now. I think I screwed up on a couple of the names, but Debbie R. followed by Rachel and then Esther, Jeanette F. and Stacy T. Go ahead, Debbie R. Hi, my name is Debbie. I'm a real compulsive overeater, and thank you all for your service. Uh, I guess I've been doing this meeting about a month and a half, and it has really, really been a gift. Uh, Sometimes a gift I want, and sometimes a gift is really painfully truthful. Uh, I binged again, and I was going to lie to my uh, food sponsor about it. And yesterday, you guys won the part, and you kept talking about being honest with someone. And so I found myself telling her the truth. And so the consequence today, uh, I talked to a new sponsor that I got from this meeting, and she may not continue to sponsor me. And uh, that's okay. I don't want a sponsor that doesn't have boundaries. Um, I got to keep showing up for me. Uh, and the the part of the reading that really spoke to me, it says there's a great necessity for discussing. And I've been studying the big book in my AA program for decades. It's torn apart. It's got markers. It's almost in shreds. And they, I know when uh, they capitalize something, it's, it's really important. And to discuss ourselves with someone else, which would be easy except for I'm a child of addicts and from a dysfunctional family. And the code for it, those kinds of families is don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. So I was 37 years old before I told anybody. I heard one of the other earlier people talking about how she hid, how her family really was. You know, I was 37 years old before I told anyone that our nice-looking little family, my parents were pulling guns and knives and chaos and violence and just, and they love me. They did a lot of good stuff. I don't want to take away from that. So that's not such an easy thing to do with that kind of background. And the only reason I did embrace it, I do embrace it, is um, I'm fighting for my life, for my physical life, my emotional life, my spiritual life, Uh, And so clumsily and perfectly, I embrace uh, the tenets of this book that were sent by God, I absolutely believe, to his human kids in the 1930s. And these feel like promises, the the items that this uh, reading says, perfect peace and ease, fear falls. Uh, I've been told by uh, multiple healers in my circle that I've operated on some degree of fear. Uh, my whole life, so, and that's okay, because today I don't believe that everything has to be searching and fearless. I believe I can just surrender the fear, but this says when I discuss fear will fall, and I'll feel the nearness 
of my creator and uh, have a spiritual experience. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie R. And Rachel, you're next, followed by Esther. Please give me the initial of your last name. Rachel W. Great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your service and everyone on the line. Um, you know, it's inter- it always fascinated me that in the fourth step we say searching and fearless because to me that the fourth step was full of fear. And I would rather say brave and courageous <laughs> inventory because uh, there was a lot of fear there. And coming into the step five, you know, um, admitting to, to God and myself and others, you know, admitting to God wasn't a problem because I felt like God was there the entire time and knew exactly what, I'd been, what I had done. Um, admitting to another person was just embarrassing, you know, but really it, the, the work and even for today, like, you know, with, with, um, you know, abstinence and, and living in the steps, even today, it's, can I admit this to myself? That's the hardest part of this whole process. And I think that what happened is for me is that, you know, the, the fear was there, like the fear was very real. I didn't know what to expect in my very first fifth step. And, um, and over the years, you know, I, I've seen that my ability to, to be honest with myself is in direct tandem with the fellowship that I have around me. Um, for me, my conduit to God and higher power and to this process was the fellowship. You know, I, I was able to, to, to do this, to, to, um, to give a fourth step over multiple times because I saw other people doing it. And now today, you know, as a sponsor and also, as, as someone who's, I've given fourth steps over, there's nothing new under the sun. There's an expression, you know, and, and nobody at no point did anyone blink an eye. Um, really, honestly, the, the person who was blinking most was myself. Like, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I can't believe I'm doing this. And I would caution anyone out there that's hesitant about this process of, of honesty um, that I know for me, I, I, I cared, you know, I was honest to a point because I couldn't be honest with myself about what I had done. Um, but once I was really honest and I, I was able to to really process it for myself, you know, that that, that this this was my this was the, the full fourth step that I needed to give over. And for me, also, it happened in layers. Um, you know, it happened in layers in terms of what I was giving over throughout the years. And um, and I think that is just a process. I don't think that we ever do it wrong. I just think that there's times that, you know, it was time for this thing to, to be um talked about let's say um but you know it's it's just a miraculous process and it is amazing how the fear the fear does fall away mostly fear of of my own perception of life you know because i maybe i didn't realize how powerful and strong this fellowship was and is and it's really saved my life so the two things for me in this program that are really making me persevere i believe is the ability to be honest but that's only because of i have the support of the fellowship and people like you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel W. Esther, please give me the initial of your last name, followed by Jeanette F., then Stacy T. Good morning. Thanks, Julia. It's Esther C. from Canada, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this, for me, the fifth step was not just about, you know, listing and telling over my poor behavior. I mean, that was definitely part of it, and there were plenty of people I had harmed and I would have to, you know, further down the line make amends to. But the most revealing part 
of doing the fourth step and then articulating it with my sponsor and just you know step five was learning of the root of my behavior which was my thinking my actions all those years were the natural consequences of my self-centered thinking so for me the psychic change was not about behavior modification it was really about you know getting rid of my self-centered thoughts and replacing them with a new way of thinking a god-centered way of thinking this is what we had you know read about way back in chapter uh the chapter uh there's a solution where it says that our ideas emotions and attitudes which were the guiding forces of our lives were going to be discarded and replaced with new ones so it was here when i was telling it over to um, my sponsor where I was, you know, beginning to discard this, you know, I, I identified that way of thinking in step four, particularly in, in the fourth column. And now I'm here telling them to her and I'm getting ready to get rid of them and then to move forward. Um, you know, this was a very, you know, exciting point, And this is for me, you know, where the light bulb went off um, during the step process. Um, this is when I realized that I was trapped by my mind that all my troubles really centered began in my in my mind and so i was relieved uh to be you know to have discovered them and and excited about getting rid of them and excited about the future and and very grateful that i had reached that point um so today when i have the privilege of listening to other people's fifth step um you know the the little comments that i do make are not about look at what you did but it's more about look at how our you know self-centered thinking how our all our desires and 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 you know you know to fulfill our our uh, our instincts to our you know specifications look what they've done to us and what we've done to others on account of them this isn't about uh, you know bad bad girl look at what you did and just you know listing our you know poor behavior um, and to some degree today when I do the tenth step which is it's a you know a shortened inventory you know done on a daily basis as things arise it's the very same thing it's always uh, you know Esther where has your thinking led to you know to this type of behavior where is your self-centered thinking like you know how about let's look at that is it working for you what's it leading to it's, is it time to discard it and to maybe look at things from a different perspective and so I am grateful, you know, to be here and to be able to say that it indeed does work and, and, and writing them is not enough and being able to, again, articulate them and tell it over to a person I found to be uh, brought up a tremendous amount of relief and gratitude. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther C. Jeanette S. followed by Stacy T. Hi, this is Jeanette S. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Um, recovered compulsive eater from Maybrook, New York. Uh, prior share brought up a point for me that I wanted to share about. We feel we were on the broad highway. <clears throat> um, that's an interesting thing. The broad highway. What is this broad highway? You know, to me, it's uh, part of life. This broad highway. I felt like I was not on the broad highway, that I didn't belong here, I was not from this planet, and I really didn't fit in. Um, and what I see here from doing this fifth step for me was letting me know that who I am and how I am does belong on the broad highway with all the rest of the people. 
It does not say I need to change all my ways to be able to fit in with everything. It tells me that I that that my life is another expression of the the energies of the universe. That my the way I am and my moral inventory and my expression of of energy however you want to put it, my expression of God or my, you know, child of Godness. Um, it belongs here, that it's, it's a broad highway. It's not narrow. I don't have to fit in this little narrow path. It's broad. So um, I could be totally left-wing. I could be totally right-wing. It's broad. It's wide. Um, and when people, you know, if people were going to read the history of my life, they're not going to be bored. They are going to be, wow, they're going to get a really great, exciting novel. And, um, you know, I misinterpreted this. I thought I was going to have to change my whole life and sit in and do what everybody else does to be a, you know, to fit in, to go on that road of life with everybody else. And I'm, and I'm so glad to find out that, no, I don't. I can still be me. I can, you know, express myself. This life can be expressed in whatever way shows up for me, whatever sh- shows up, you know, in my life and whatever path I go down, there's lots of paths on this broad, broad highway. It's so broad that you can just, you know, line everybody on the planet shoulder to shoulder, and that would be how wide it is. Because everybody's path is different. Everybody's um, expression, thank you, everybody's expression of the universe is different. And I'm so glad that I don't have to, it's not a narrow path. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jeanette. F. F. Stacy T., your last share. you got about two minutes. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for your service. If you could time me, that'd be great. <clears throat> Stacy T., recovering in Cleveland. Um, when we decide who's to hear our story, um, I had no choice. Uh, my first four-step, I was um, grateful enough to intervene on myself and uh, went to inpatient treatment for 30 days, and so it was the clergy there, non-denominational clergy. And <clears throat> I didn't know what I didn't know. I had just been given my first 12 and 12, and um, I did it in my head and not in my heart. Um, it was just scary to talk, really, because um, I was just beginning to learn about feelings. Um, as others have said, I... I also come from a family of don't talk, don't tell, um, don't feel. And meanwhile, over these decades, um, as I've continued, um, more continues to be revealed. I don't know what I don't know. And when I did my first thorough four-step um, with my guide and vision, um, I, I really got to experience many, many, many aspects of my life that I was aware of but did not understand the consequences of my behavior. And I continue to learn more 
And I want to uh, finally say that walking hand-in-hand with the spirit of the universe was really the space in which I was situated and um, the location I was at and the mountains that I saw um, became that structure for me that um, wouldn't move, that would always be there. And that's where I found a power greater than myself that I knew would always be there when I left. And um, I continue on this journey without a pass. Thank you, Stacy T. It is now time to close our meeting. The share ID for Tuesday, June 19th, a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting today, is 11,554. So I would like to thank everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Rachel W. please read A Vision for You, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Rachel and Em. Were you expecting me to read? Um, Yes. Yes, sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.